It's episode 10 of the Toadstool Boardroom. I'm Logan Plant, joined today by Chris Shriver. Hello. And Odell Harmon Jr. Hey, hey, everybody. The Toadstool Boardroom is a weekly Nintendo podcast. We upload Thursdays at noon Pacific time, 3 Eastern on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to watch or listen to your podcast. So uh, please head on over to those platforms, like, subscribe, all those good things. You can also follow us on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. And if you're interested in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I still encourage you to go check out our review discussion episode. That's episode 8, where Travis Northrup from IGN came on to talk with us about the game. But we're not talking about Xenoblade 3 today. We're talking about Splatoon 3, because the big Splatoon 3 direct watch, which we put into action last week, is over. It only took a week. Our timing was impeccable. Uh, we got a Splatoon 3 direct at 6 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday morning, and there is a lot to dive into. This was a 30-minute presentation, and there was even more posted on the official Splatoon website after this present presentation was over. So let's just get into the big things I want to talk about right now, the things that matter to me the most, and I think to this panel the most from what we've talked about, and that is multiplayer appears to actually be fixed. We're talking about matchmaking. Chris is clapping his hands. Uh, in the new lobby system, you actually get to walk around this lobby and you'll see ghosts of your friends who are playing in matches. And basically you can get four friends together, group up before a match, dive into a turf war and play on the same team. So everything we could have dreamed of is here. Very excited about that. And the other thing I think people are going to be excited about is that you can skip these stage reveals at the start of the game. Every time you boot up the game, you don't have to sit through that two-minute presentation anymore from the idols, which we also got a new trio of idols who will be presenting at this time. But you can skip through that. So right off the bat, some great quality of life changes that, Chris, I know we were all very much looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of the... <laughs> It's so weird. Like there are so many minor quality of life changes that I I think they are finally starting to implement with this game. Um, things that we wanted within Splatoon two, um, and never really got, and always complained about, and have been complaining about for the last five years. But hey, mm -hmm. you know it's fixed, and, and that's all. I'm very grateful. I could say that. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like being able to actually party up with friends, it looks like that is going to work. Um, we are not going yes. to have to uh, juggle around and say, hey, let's play together. And then you end up on the opposite team. You know, that was always a, a pain mm -hmm. point for sure. Um, and private matches uh, are included in this version as well. Um, I actually don't recall if they were in Splatoon 2. They are, they are in 2. They are in 2? Okay. Well. Um, I just don't have eight friends, so... <laughs> uh, I never had the need to use that now. Um, now, but I'm excited that, you know, all of that has returned, uh, you know, at least the private match aspect. Um, yeah. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I kind of want to just do a general overview and get your guys' thoughts on Splatoon 3 and this direct as a whole. I guess for me, it seems like this is the most content rich Splatoon at launch that we've seen yet out of the three. 12 stages at launch, that's the most we've seen at launch. Splatoon 1 at 5, if you remember on Wii U. Splatoon 2 at 8, so we're getting 12 at launch, including 5 new stages. Salmon Run is back. It's going to be available 24-7, not just in specific windows, which is great. And there's a new special Salmon, Road, Salmon Run mode that's going to come in every couple months. There's a new tabletop card game. Like, you collect 150 cards and play this, like, top-down puzzle game, 1v1 spinoff of Turf War called Table Turf Battle, which is interesting. Splatfest are back. It's now three teams instead of two. There's a meaty single-player campaign. More customization than ever. To me, this seems like the most content-rich Splatoon. So as a Splatoon super fan, 
I'm very much looking forward to this title. But Odell, let's start with you. How are you feeling about Splatoon 3 as someone who's not as big into the series? What do you think? You know, uh, I'm lukewarm, as in I, I am definitely a lot more positive than I've been these past couple of months. That's for sure. Because one of the biggest areas for me about Splatoon, other than, you know, the actual core gameplay, uh, Splatopolis or wherever. Where are we now? We're not in Splatopolis. We're in the Splatlands. Yeah, we're in the Splatlands. I hated that the hub world was always devoid of life. And what I mean is it looked really big, but in reality, it was just a really tiny hub world. They're just walking from the beginning to where you can play the game. But now I'm like, you got the lockers, you got different areas. The world seems alive. It's changed dramatic. And that's why I always wanted, like, I wanted a, a hub world that felt worthy of being a hub world. And this looks like it's going to give it to us. You know, maybe not exactly as grand as I wanted, but definitely some meat on the bones now. And one of my favorite additions is, like, the customization of, like, your layouts. It's like, okay, thank you. I hate playing the game. It's like, cool. More outfits. Cool. I don't want to play the game for 20 more hours just so I can have the same layout on these clothes. And then it's, it was cumbersome. That's just the best way. The layout and clothing system was cumbersome. And now it appears to be fixed or at the very least a lot less cumbersome. So I was, that was the most the, my favorite thing about this. Because what's the point of having cool gear if you can never utilize it in a match because it came out way too late? Yeah, there's way more you can do with your gear. So in the past, you had the one primary skill and then the three secondary skills. And you could use your gear parts or your seashells to re-roll those bottom three skills. But now you can use the parts to change out the main skill, too. So if you have a shirt that you like, you can grind enough to customize that shirt to play exactly how you want, which I think is really neat that you can really make your... Because style is so important in Splatoon. I think it's really important to a lot of the player base. So to have this thing where... You can make your outfit what you want with the skills you want. You've got these lockers that you can customize. You've got the name tag you can customize now with the icon and the background and the title. And you've also got uh, the like post-match um, gesture. Like there's a dab. The celebration. Dabbing yes. Yeah, the celebration that you can change too. So just way more on the customization front in this one. Taking a lot from like other live service games, it seems like. like yeah, I, that was my yeah. biggest takeaway of it was it seems like a lot of the things that they've introduced in terms of customization and the way that you can kind of parse out these skills. Um, it reminds me, the type of excitement that I have for it is very similar to the excitement that I had when they rolled this out in Destiny 2. Um, okay. They, um, yeah, just the fact that like you would, at least in that game, you would always have moments where they would give you a piece of equipment or a piece of gear and unless you were playing to that particular trait, like you never really used it or it would look really cool. And then, you know, it, if it didn't apply to how you played the game, you were kind of stuck. Splatoon seemed like it was kind of in a similar situation, which um, with a game that has such a heavy, heavy emphasis on the fashion. I mean, Christ, we have a, <laughs> a Twitter account that's been showing <laughs> clothes brands. for the last yeah, brands that don't exist in real life for the last three months. Like, I better be able to customize this however <laughs> I want to. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's for me, it's the it's almost an overwhelming amount of content is what it seems like it could become where like I think if you're somebody who not to go too off the rails, but I think if you're somebody who is like this is your main game that you play or your main multiplayer game that you play like you are set for the next two years. They said that they were adding content to this title Um but as someone who may be a bit more of a casual player, maybe you play you know, on the weekends with friends or something like that, um, 
there's always going to be something for you to chase, and that's very exciting. But you are definitely going to notice, uh, at least in the hub worlds and in the games, the people that play a lot and the people that don't. Because <laughs> I have a feeling the people that don't are going to look very basic in terms of just their <laughs> yeah. fashion and you know the gear and skills that they have equipped. The locker has one sticker, maybe a photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that kind of player won't care, right? Like it's they all shouldn't. This stuff is there for people who play hundreds of hours. But Chris, you're going to pick it up at launch, play the campaign, play 30 hours of multiplayer, and call it a day. That stuff doesn't matter for you. But I guess right. I think it's cool that they're adding. They're calling them catalogs, and they're adding a new catalog every three months for two years. And that's going to be the the locker stickers, the fashion. These these different customization options are going to roll out four times a year. And along with that, there's going to be new weapons added in those times. You know, there's going to be new maps added as well. I look at something like this and I'm like, man, how does Nintendo get it so right with Splatoon? And then you look at like Mario Strikers Battle League or Nintendo Switch Sports and you're like there, they just can't figure it out. But Splatoon has so much content that's worth coming back for. And this direct eased my concerns that Splatoon 3 would be any different. I think that its rollout looks great. I love how much content we're starting with. Uh, So I'm excited about all that stuff. Yeah, I I think my biggest takeaway is that even though I'm not, you know, I'm not over the moon just yet, it it feels worthy of being called a sequel. And that was probably going to be, you know, my biggest personal concern. I was like, okay, I can say this game has enough, you know, right out the gate. You know, if if this was all we had for the next year, the first year of Splatoon, it would still be enough to be called a sequel. So I'm like, it's it's all trending in the right direction. Now, you know, if the net code works and the matches are fine, then we're, we're solid. And I have not seen this run on a Switch yet, but to me, this looks like a big visual improvement over Splatoon 2. Chris, you disagree. I, okay, okay. The tail is old as time on the, to- the Toadstool boardroom. Before you say anything, Chris, I just have to say it because Logan rammed Pokemon. Just He was just... Giving it to Pokemon, no way I'm letting Splatoon 3 have it. The same thing I said with <laughs> Xenoblade 3 was you cannot showcase a trailer that has frame rate issues. That is the one place I feel like just cut the clip out. And I'm just like, when you show me a trailer that has frame rate issues, it makes me think, oh, man, if you're willing to show this in the trailer, what might I have to deal with in the game? So on that, I think... Up close, there are visuals that look very good. Um, I think there are like pre-rendered moments that look really, really good. Uh, the the gentleman that I said I would die for on Twitter, the big uh, Stingray fellow, uh, yeah. as part of the trio, I forget his name, like Big Big Mac or whatever his name is. I don't big remember. man, big man. man, yeah, big man. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd take a bullet for that dude. Um, he there there were some moments like with him and and the two new uh, other hosts hosts as well where they're on the float and they're dancing like there are reflections coming off of him that i think look great that being said um and it's the switch like i'm not gonna beat a dead horse here but i think we're like we're finally at a point where i just i and the rest of the world have to accept that like any game on switch from this point forward is going to have anything that's far in the draw distance do that thing where it's just stuttering <laughs> like in Kirby where you have these cars in the background going five frames a second right and then you yeah. get closer and then it speeds up like I think that's just what they have to do with the hardware that they're given um you know we we heard this or this past week uh what day is it? I don't even know what day it is anymore Wednesday this past week that we're not going to see new switch hardware until April uh or as uh, we're not going to see before April 2023 is what was said um 
I don't think it's going to make a difference, quite honestly, even if they do put out new hardware. Like, this is this is what the Switch is, um, and there's nothing we can do about it. It's fine. I think th- I don't think the game looks bad. I think there are just, like, pieces in it that would give it more of a flourish are straight-up distracting. And I think that's where a lot of... A lot of my issues with the Switch come from is that, like, there were so many moments during this Direct where I was looking at the things in the background and not paying attention to what they were actually talking about because I was just like, God, that looks bad. Like, and... The the curse of a PC gamer. Yeah, I just, I can't get over it. I I don't care. Yeah, I can't get over it. And this is the same guy that, you know, I've been playing Star Fox 2 on the SNES, like, at least once a week (laughs) for the last month. So, I don't make any sense, and I know that. Well, I was more talking about those moments you were talking about, Chris, that visually look better. I'm not talking about performance. I don't want to judge that until we actually. Yeah, we can't judge that. But I thought there were some visual moments that did look nice in this presentation that looked like the art style has been tweaked a little bit from the first two Splatoon games. Mm -hmm. Those dance moves are fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I like that little music video they had at the end there. A couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, If you this was not shared in the direct, I don't believe. But if you have Splatoon 2 save data, you get weapons faster you get these three golden sheldon tickets that you can exchange for weapons earlier on in the game so if you have splatoon experience you can get through the starter weapons faster and get to the weapons you want and some of your ranked data some of your rankings from ranked mode in splatoon 2 will carry over to the anarchy battle which is the new name for ranked in splatoon 3 so i thought that was very smart of them that like if you're uh if you're a newbie to splatoon 3 and you hop into anarchy battles and you're just getting smashed by people who you know are going to be rank a or s I think it's nice that they're starting by filtering those people out right away. I think that works out for everyone. So I thought that was something really smart. That That's great. I didn't really expect them to do. Yeah, um, we don't. I don't think we see enough games do that. Like especially Nintendo titles. You you yeah. get really the most of that that you get is like if they any more is they put out a demo for something and you get like the you get to play the first hour of it <laughs> or whatever and you know you save that save data. Um, no, the fact that they're doing this, you know, in an online service game. Uh, it's weird, right? Like Nintendo is getting so much right with this rollout. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you said it. You know, you said it earlier. Like, why? Why does Splatoon? <laughs> why do they nail it? And then everything else, it's like, huh? Well, that's Nintendo. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, interesting. Let's not count our chickens before they hatch. They, they, <laughs> they, there could still be some glaring issue. You know, before we we shelve this talk, I do want to bring up an interesting fact because we're talking about you know the Switch, and you know it's the Switch. We got to accept it. But I feel like there's something that the Switch actually can do and would help this game immensely. Because when I was watching the trailer, I was like, this game could really use some voice acting. And and I'm not saying like I'm I'm, I'm fine reading text, but it's just the the you know the vibe of the game, the energy and stuff, the host. And I'm just like, why is this game not voice acting? It is voice acting, they just don't speak English. Oh, <laughs> don't no. no. Don't give me why why does this game only speak in jips and chirps? Because okay, I remember in the Pokemon Direct, I didn't bring this up. They they made it seem like the game's gonna have voice acting, like the, the president of the school is talking to you, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is just for the direct. I'm pretty sure no one's gonna talk in Pokemon, even though people should talk. Sword but and I'm Shield also, has that super high produced opening cut scene where there's voice acting and then the rest of the game just looks bad. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, but I, I really feel like Okay, even if they're not they're not speaking English, I feel like they're there's still a high value way to do like, you know, nonsense language. I, I don't know. I just feel like it would be really cool if the pop star saying 
something and then they actually talked. I mean, granted, I guess the flip side is they could get voice actors and they just don't fit the vibe as well. But I just I don't know. I really feel like Splatoon 3, we, we could have voice acting. It's surprising. It isn't isn't surprising that the announcers uh, are not voice acted at this point. Um, it seems like something that would be like a pretty big. Not win, but like it, it would be a big deal if they were to do that. Um, the only thing with that is like. You know, you have games like uh, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll bring back Destiny just because it's the one I'm like most familiar with. Where like, um, Peter Dinklage in that uh, with Ghost, like they had to drop him because he was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they're like, well, All right, well, this is like a live service game. We have to keep creating content for this. Like, you have to keep those actors on retainer to keep coming back and record new dialogue for whatever's going on. Um, because of how much happens in Splatoon. I don't know. Like it, it could be a lot. At least we got to be grateful that Splatoon is as good as it is from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, I guess as a Splatoon fan, I feel like it's like Animal Crossing where they're like their own language is part of the charm to me of the franchise. I think that if these like teenage squid girl idols were voice acted in English, it I might think be, it'd be off grading. Yeah, I think it'd be annoying. Like, I think that the voices that there are work um, that it's just this. Splatoon's freaking weird, right? It's Especially bizarre, every time, these like garbled noises. If you boot it up every single time, it's like, "Welcome to Splatfang." <laughs> You're just like, "It's ten o'clock at night. I worked a long day. I really don't want to listen to this anymore." <laughs> yeah. But, okay. How about just sound bites? We just had like iconic words that they did say that you know they could just be, you know, like to stay fresh. Like people. Well, that's like what Pete, they do with Peach you. and and like Mario and all them now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there is no voice acting, but what there is is three-way turf wars, which is a brand new thing for Splatoon 3 because there's three idols now. Fry, uh, is it? I don't know if it's Shiver or Shiver, but either way, it's pretty close to Chris's Sh- last name. I think it's Shiver. We're going to call her Shriver. It's fine. <laughs> Shriver. Yeah. Uh, and Big Man, uh, and they make up the deep cut trio and they each get a team in Splatfest. The first Splatfest is coming on August 27th. That's going to run from 9 a.m. Pacific to 9 p.m. Pacific. It's a separate download from Splatoon 3. This is the equivalent of the global test fire event that we saw for Splatoon 1 and 2. So try out the game before launch. Nintendo gets to test out the servers before launch and it is rock versus paper versus scissors. So three team Splatfest, which is now divided into two halves are totally revamping this. The first half of a Splatfest is a turf war. And then the second half, it takes the leader from the first half and pits them against the two trailing teams, where they'll start the leading team, four members in the middle of a map, and then have two members of each of the other teams start at opposite ends of the map. And then it's a turf war, and the red team will have to try and defend the center from the other two teams who are working together against them. So super interesting concept. I'm really curious to see how this actually plays out. But Splatfests are one of the best parts of Splatoon, so I'm very happy they're coming back. And to see them refreshed in this way, I thought was was very exciting. No, I love this. I think it's uh, it's a very it's great to see them play around with asymmetrical multiplayer. I guess this is somewhat like semi asymmetrical, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, because like as much as I love Turf War, um, you know, it's been the same mode since the first one. Um, yeah. It's it's nice for them to uh, you know to see them put a different spin on it. I was surprised, you know. We did kind of expect some type of battle royale type mode, um, whether it was Salmon Run or, and I think that might be what that Salmon Run City thing is, whatever that is. Um, that might be like as close as you. Well, no, I guess that wouldn't be a battle royale. That's more just like a yeah. like a twenty man whatever. At least I'm guessing, but PVE, like yeah, PVE, PVE type yeah. mode. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, um, the new Turf War won me over. Before that, I was just like, yeah, this is just, you know, the same Splatoon, same old, same old. Yeah, you know, cool, cool. And I thought I was like, okay, this, 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 this is something that, yeah, this will make me get the game and like come back and like, okay, I want to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the four modes that they did add, the, the other ones that uh, they name them, but they don't go over them in the direct, the multiplayer ones. Those aren't new. Those are just the returning ranked. They're modes. returning so ones. One okay. That is Tower Control, Rainmaker, Clam Blitz, and Splat Zone. So those Clam are all Blitz, the same four played. modes. That was uh, added in Splatoon 2, I think maybe later down the line. Okay. Um, so those are all the returning modes. I kind of expected a new ranked mode. Maybe we'll get one as post launch support because they've done that many times before sure uh but yeah these are the four same returning modes at launch for me rainmaker is the highlight i adore rainmaker it's capture the flag where the flag is a huge gun it is super cool super creative um and then the other three are kind of fine for me but i've always been kind of a turf war guy and then if rainmaker is on i'll play rainmaker but i don't know i'm just looking at all this content and i'm like you can do salmon run at any time You've got four ranked modes at launch. You've got turf wars with the most maps we've seen at launch. You've got a lobby, which you can practice in while you're waiting for a match. Remember in Splatoon 1, you have that little game on the gamepad, the squid jump, where you can just play this stupid arcade game while you wait for a match? In Splatoon 2, you just twiddled the control stick to change the music while you waited for the match to start. Now you can actually play, like you can play around with your weapon in this training zone while you're waiting for the match to start. I think that's a great change. You can save gear loadouts for the first time ever. It was locked behind Amiibo. I think it's Splatoon 2, but now you could just do that. There are more Amiibo coming as well with very lackluster support, might I add. You can take selfies with them and save more gear loadouts to them Yeah, and unlock some exclusive gear. That that was going to be my question was you can still save gear separately outside of Amiibo? Yes. Okay, because I... they showed that they showed that in the direct like 10 minutes before they showed Amiibo. Okay. So it, it has to be, it has to be an option for everyone. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's weird. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that you can save loadouts without them. Cause that's what it made it look like. Maybe I need to go back and take a second look at that. Yeah. Yeah, Amiibo support. We talked last week that we didn't know if Splatoon 3 was going to get Amiibo, and we're getting three Amiibo. They're not coming at launch, though. They are coming this holiday. It is an Inkling Girl, an Octoling Boy, and Small Fry, who's the little Salmonoid from the single-player campaign. And they are coming in a three-pack as well in some regions, but they're not coming day and date with Splatoon 3, which I find. I I mean, they're getting dropped at random. Like, Steve and Alex were delayed. Monster Hunter's delayed. We actually have some news on that later. So it makes sense they're not going to make it in time. But it seems like a missed opportunity to, me to not have these out. Someday. Yeah, I mean, especially considering this game was technically delayed. Um, I think it's more surprising yeah. than anything else. But I mean, again, like you said, you know, the Monster Hunter delay. Um, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. And, you know, due to COVID-19, that seems to be. You know, mm-hmm. the, the trending theme with most of Nintendo's merchandise at this point, at least as far as Amiibo are concerned. Last two things we should talk about on Splatoon before we move on, been on it for a while. Lots to digest, though, with Splatoon 3. We've been waiting for a long time. They did show some new gameplay stuff, which we haven't even really talked about. In Turf War, there's a new weapon type they showed called the Splatana. It is a katana. It looks <laughs> awesome. looks very good for... Uh, getting kills i really liked how that one looked they showed more of the stringer which is the bow and arrow weapon we've seen before they also showed a handful of new specials uh there's a there's like a cooler where you have like four 
power up like buff drinks that drop that your team can run by the cooler and each grab one, which is super cool. You can basically ride a shark up to your opponents that will then explode. So there's some pretty cool stuff here. There's a new um, like 180 jump you can do to like get away from enemy fire quickly. And there's also a way to swim up walls faster. So some minor changes that just make gameplay look like they go faster and even more frantic. I was a fan of all that. And then last thing here, there's going to be a large scale paid DLC, uh, probably similar to the Octo expansion, uh, in addition to the every three month free update. So at some point down the line, I would guess a year in because Octo came out. So maybe next September uh, or next fall, there'll be a large scale paid expansion for Splatoon 3 that looked like Pearl and Marina in the silhouette. The idols from Splatoon 2. That I'm was pretty what sure. I thought. Yeah. And I saw some people upset that Nintendo was announcing this a year in advance. Like, you're nickel and diamond us for paid DLC a year early. But Get out I'm here. like, there's but so how much though? free content added to Splatoon. Come on. Yeah. Especially like, and every other Nintendo game does this. Like, they, they've done it with Breath of the Wild. Uh, they just did it with Xenogears. And there's like three pieces of, three major pieces of content coming to Xenogears. Like, or Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it shows how, how old I am. <laughs> yeah, it shows how old I am. <laughs> But no, I feel like you can't complain about big paid DLC when they go, hey, this game's getting free updates for the next two years. It's like, well, what is there to complain about? It's like, well, even if I don't get that, I still have two years of free guaranteed content. Also, uh, something that has not yet been mentioned, uh, but is a huge deal, Mr. Plant, is the return of Splatnet in Splatnet oh 3 via the Nintendo Switch online <laughs> app. <laughs> okay, I will say Splatoon by far used that thing the best they the did. first time around. So I will, I'm going to reinstall the app uh, when Splatoon 3 comes out. Wait, reinstall? Yeah, it's been gone for years, man. Oh, <laughs> pathetic. It's been gone for years. Pathetic. Wait, you mean you wasn't using it to voice chat with friends no. while you're playing Mario Strikers and all these other online amazing games? None of my friends wanted to play Strikers with me. We couldn't. We couldn't. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> you could play with one friend. Yeah, you could play, you with, play a with a friend. Exactly one friend. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then I guess last thing also hasn't been mentioned. You can watch up to fifty replays now, which is cool. Like replay data is a thing too, and you can post that online. Uh, they said that it will be unavailable after certain dates, just like your Smash Bros. data. You have to like export it as a video to save it beforehand. But still, just like. I feel like they thought of everything this time. Like, they they I'm thought pretty of, impressed with this. Yeah, they thought of everything for the pro crowd. Like mm-hmm. between uh the replays, being able to save all these loadouts, um probably just increasing the or improving the netcode in general. Like yeah. there's a lot here for them to uh build they uh what are they Nintendo versus uh is that Twitter account that they have mm-hmm. where yeah. they like start to build mm-hmm. out all their uh you know, invitationals and things like that. Um, it makes sense. I mean, it's a very, it's a very watchable game. Um, there's a, a lot of re- uh, It is really Nintendo's eSport. Like, I feel like they embrace this more than they do Smash in terms yeah. of competitive eSports. Like, well, this is it for them. Smash Brothers also has never had good netcode. <laughs> yeah. Like, ever. Very true. Yeah. So, it's good for the pro crowd. We all agree on that. But the bottom line here... Is this enough? Is this enough to justify the casual fan? You guys picking up Splatoon three? Odell, let's start with you. Yeah, most definitely. Like, um, I mean, I was gonna pick. Let me put it like this: I picked up Mario Strikers. 
At least I know I would enjoy this. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was um there was definitely enough new. Like I said, at like the first maybe 10 so minutes of the direct, I wasn't sold because they were basically saying, like, if you don't know what Splatoon is, this is what it is. So it was just like, well, it's the third game. I I, I feel like we don't need to be like this is what a turf war is. This is so I was like, oh God, this yeah. is I was feeling nervous. But then like once I got to the, you know, the the try turf war thing. You know your loadouts, the, the the locker, how you could be creative in the hub world and stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is definitely enough to, you know, keep me on board for like you know maybe two three months and then never play again. But then they went over, you know, their future plans, mm-hmm. all the stuff they're doing. I'm like, okay, maybe this is something I can legit, you know, give play consistently for a year. Like you know, I can hop on, and you know, and then hopefully. It seems like a game maybe going forward that with the update and stuff, I can actually realistically keep playing. Because I played Smash pretty much re- like religiously, like even through the Joker reveal. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, only the only thing that actually killed my Smash play was COVID because I was just forced to play online. I couldn't go to like my community meetups or anything. And that honestly, as awkward as that sound, being locked in killed my Smash ability. It was like. Oh God! Yeah, you know every other match ultimate is not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Chris? What do you think overall? I mean, I I'm very excited for the Splatoon Die Hard for sure. Like this is, I feel like this is everything they could have wanted and more. Um, but what about you? For Are me, you excited? for me, um, as you know, the old man in the sea, um, I I'm excited, but not. Like, it's the third entry in a series. It's not like, it's this brand new thing from Nintendo that we've never seen before. You know what I mean? It's like, I know what I'm getting. Um, it'll come down to, do I have people to play it with? Um, like, like how many how many of my friends list are going to, like, continue to play this, you know, week over week or whatever? Um, am I going to get the DMs of, like, hey, we're on, you know, going to be playing tonight if you want to do anything? Um, I always do the campaigns. Um, not that they're like amazing, but it's always enough to like get my rhythm back. Cause I usually take like, you know, three year breaks between <laughs> Splatoon <laughs> games. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. there's definitely a lot of meat on the bone for sure. I am excited that salmon run is available all the time because that was, I only got to play that move like once. Um, they always had it oh, during man, my IGN amazing. shift. Yeah. Um, so every time I would go to play it, I'd sign on and people were either getting off or, um, you know, I just never had anybody to play with. Um, mm-hmm. So that aspect of it is exciting. I'm very excited for the three-way turf war. Um, I think it's just all of the extra stuff. I'm I'm at a point where because my time is so limited with games, like there are there's so much content that it's almost a little intimidating. Um, <laughs> like for me personally, but you know, I'll pick it up day one. I'll see how I how I do with it. If I keep coming back to it, if it's like, oh man, I really need more, you know, I need more turf war. You know, I gotta get my fix. <laughs> uh-huh. um, then sure, but uh, will it? I stick with it. You know, only time's gonna tell. I don't know. Honestly, yeah. if I'm being completely honest, if we get a new hardware switch, I'm not saying Switch Pro, just something that's better, and Nintendo overhauls this net code at some point, and it's just like as good as what it should be in 2022 going in 2023. This is a game I could see I could pl- be playing well over a year because Pokemon Unite, like, I remember I was going to give up on that, but they fixed the net code because, like, you would play, people would, like, drop in and out. You'd be, like, you know, a two-man team against a five-man team, but then they 
fixed it and you know people were there or like you know they fixed like people dropping out and like i i was able to play it religiously so like i think it comes down to me like if the online works how it's supposed to be after the first few months and it's solid then like i i think i'll be sold yeah, I'll if, probably be Logan. If the barrier if the barrier to entry is low, like in terms of like just getting into a game, then I think it's more likely that I'll stick around. But if it's this thing yeah. where it's like, okay, you boot up the game, then you're, you know, well, it's what the Splatoon 2 experience where you're watching yeah, exactly. the intros and all that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm very excited for this personally. I am curious to see the sales numbers on this one, right? Two past 10 million units. I want to see how this one's gonna do. I could see it doing better, I could see it doing worse. You know the Splatoon hardcore crowd is going to pick it up. I wonder how many people that is. I would guess like five to six million is the hardcore I will buy every Splatoon game crowd. But beyond that, we'll see. We'll see how it does. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I think the only thing that isn't happening in Splatoon 3 that I want to is the map rotation is still two maps every two hours. I really wanted them to add a third map in. Yeah, it's not great. Rotation. Yeah, I, I really would like that extra variety, especially at the start where there's 12 new stages and you're like, hey, well, got to come back in like six different windows to see them all. And that's assuming no repeat. So, yeah, that's the only slight disappointment. But otherwise, I thought this was a, a great presentation and we're less than a month out from the game. So won't be too long till we're talking about it more here in the boardroom. But let's move on from Splatoon 3 to something that is out now. And that is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 2 Impressions. We're all big fans here. Eight tracks, three tour tracks, Waluigi Pinball, a couple of older retro courses. I'll start out by saying I think this this uh, Wave 2 is much stronger than the first wave overall. I think all the tracks are pretty great. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I totally agree. They're really, uh, for me, there really isn't a weak one in the bunch. Even Mario Circuit 3, while it's not, it's not that it isn't a course we haven't seen before, it is still fun. Um, I found myself... Uh, more and more impressed with each level the more I played it. Yeah, yeah. Mario Circuit is, so it's from the SNES. It is super flat. They did like, Donut Plains is also from the SNES, but they did some things to give it like at least some some bumps in the road. But Mario Circuit 3 is completely flat. But in a game that's going to eventually have 96 courses, I think it's kind of cool to have one that is just super flat, sharp turns like Mario Circuit 3. I think it's it's fun when it comes up. I think for me, the weaker one of the bunch is Snowland, the GBA one. I think that one's just fine. I don't think it's bad, but it's not one I'd probably ever pick. I'm not to itching do, to but. play Snowland, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not upset yeah. if it comes up in the rotation either. It's very much just there. It's yeah. unoffensive. There it is. Yeah, it's, it's unoffensive. unoffensive. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the set, Odell? Oh, man, it's great. Like, if if this trend continues that each new track courses is better than the last, oh, man, we're in for a treat. Um, the quote unquote new level, like uh, the the ice cream mountain, uh, whatever it's called, dessert land, Sunday, uh, Sky, Sky High, High Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Sky High Sunday. It's way more impressive than like when you initially see it. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is cool with the staircases, and there's a lot of there's a lot of boosts and jumps, and really cool speed things you can do. And Waluigi Pinball, amazing. I, I think it's literally just the same thing. It's it's just an amazing track. They need to do much. But the biggest surprise to me was Calamari Desert. I remember my friend thinking, like, why'd they add that track? That track's so boring. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is probably, without hyperbole, the best remixed old track I have seen in the game. I am, I'm including Piranha Plant Slide, one of my favorite tracks of all time. I'm including the Mario Circuit where they, they raised level. Like, the way they remixed this level was insane. It is super chaotic. It, 
it goes in different ways, like the tour course. Like I love how on the last lap, like you're on the train track and the train's still coming and you you're dodging items, you're dodging people. Someone could but it's it's it it is how you remix a track and make it feel extremely new. That gets my surprise track of the the drop award, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but you're just up and down the press. And you already talked about the two weekest track with Mario Circuit and Snowland. And Snowland's unoffensive. And you know, and Mario Circuit, it's fine. So yeah, yeah. just a sh- like whatever the sh- whatever I felt about the first drop, man, triple that for this one. I also wonder if this uh, drop is benefiting a little. We know what to expect more now. I think with the first drop, it was like, oh, these visually are not even close to how good Mario Kart 8 Deluxe tracks look. And now with the second drop, we kind of are more used to the the tour art style, like the more cartoony, blocky, simple colors, less textured art style yeah. for these tracks. So I think the expectations were just set a little bit more because I, st- I still do think there were some there was some really great stuff in the first wave. Like Ninja Hideaway was phenomenal, but I think knowing what to expect just has me really excited that we're only a third of the way done with this thing. I dare say they just picked better tour tracks. Like New York Min is just visually more appealing than, you know, like Paris Promenade. Yeah. I like, I love Sydney sprint, man. Sydney sprint is so good. Sydney sprints good, but I have a big problem with Sydney sprint where there are parts of that track where they will, like it, it is possible for you to drive off the track like uh, enough where Lakitu comes and picks you up and it's like I just it's two feet. Let me just drive it like it's right there. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's not like you're like falling off of a cliff and he's like got to go grab you. It's like, uh, dude, I'm right there. Come on. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> if they found that to be faster in other modes or something, but I thought it was a weird choice. I Sorry, hate I guess I'm not driving off the track. Because it is the one course where you can get stuck in a corner and it takes you literally like Which 20 one, seconds to get out. Sydney Sprint. Like okay. there are certain levels like the, the, the turns and like it's so blocky that there I played this track three times and I got stuck each time. I'm like, how am I getting stuck? Yeah, there's one like, part in particular on 200 that I haven't been able to like crack. Like I can't I can't get around it without like just it's not that I'm getting completely stuck where I like have to back up and everything, but it's enough where I like have to almost come to a stop. <laughs> Is it like the, the like back and forth curves with like the angled part of the road and there's like a big left curve and then a big right curve. Cause on 200, I slam into a wall on that every single time. I think so it's, far. I think that's it. Yeah. 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 But I just, the tour tracks are so cool. I'm really happy they're being brought to Mario Kart 8 in this fashion. So I don't have to download tour, but just like, Right in seven and eight, we had the the segment races, but to get these races where it changes depending on the lap is super cool. And if I don't know if you guys have played Mario Kart Tour, a little bit. But in that, I, I game, played it. I played it for like a month when it first came out, and then just you know got rid of it. In that game, that's not even how these courses work, right? They have New York Minute One, New York Minute Two, Three, and then they combine those three laps to make the eight deluxe version. Yeah, and I think that's just so creative how they did that. And something I did go and test because I was curious is um. In Calamari Desert, right, the huge ramp appears on lap two. So I took, I set up split screen, and I took one driver, and I went around on full lap one, met up back on lap two, and then I took the other controller and went together at the same time. So one driver on two, one driver on lap one. You get to the ramp, it's just there for the screen on the left and not there for the screen on the right. Really? And then when player one drives up on it, it looks like they're floating in midair. 
Like they just drive on it and jump off and they're just floating. Like, and you see them like do the trick off the jump, but it's like, what they just jump off of. So that's how they handle it. If Interesting. You were is it's just not visible. You can't collide with it. It's like, it's not even there for you. I think that was super fascinating. <laughs> I guess I had to think about it, but like, yeah, someone gets lapped. Like, well, now the, the track is, yeah, so I guess that's how tour works. How does tour work then? Because, you know, on some of them, you're like on a completely different. You should do it with tour now. Now I'm curious. I'm not downloading you, tour. Well, I don't think you can in no, tour. No, I mean, like, on the tour tracks in. Oh, in eight. Oh, oh, yeah, like, yeah. how does it work with the different paths? It's just like, you know how there's like arrow fucking a wall sometime? Yeah. Like, it's just the arrows disappear when it's time to go down that path. So it's pretty much the same idea. It was just more noticeable when it's this giant metal Yeah, that's a much more like arrows. grandiose change to a level than just like, yeah. go this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so excited for Wave 3. I think Wave 2 is really great. And man, it's just fun to get back into Mario Kart. I've just been playing with friends and family again the last week. And yeah, I think some people are complaining that this feels a little slow, but I'm fine with it. I mean, I waited eight years for new Mario Kart content. Yeah, I can wait so just four gonna... months in between or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, as long as I'm getting it, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, Chris, I am also old, and I'm thinking I enjoy the time. Because, okay, if they dropped, you know, 30 tracks on day, I'll, I'll still be like, oh, God. Like, like you said, it would be, like, too much. I gotta, I gotta, I have to play through these. <laughs> There's so many. I need to get the gold trophies. Uh-huh. And I was like, here's eight, bro. Take your time, you know? enjoy get yeah, more of them i will say like <laughs> when the first wave came out i did have that two-day span where like that was all i did i was like okay i got golden all of them three stars i'm done and then i like, I never touched it again i don't plan on doing that with this one like i kind of want to take my time and kind of enjoy them you know in the in-between times of yeah. track drops <laughs> yeah okay uh we a week ago Latest financial results for Nintendo came in. Switch now at 111.08 million hardware units sold. Switch software, 863.59 million. In the last quarter, the last three months, overall Switch sales, 3.43 million, with about half of that, 1.52 million of that, being the Switch OLED, outselling the standard Switch 1.3 million, and the Switch Lite. 0.6 million a year over year hardware sales were down about 23% Nintendo says that is due to the ongoing chip shortage semiconductor shortage unable to meet demand so uh, they said that they aren't too worried about that being a problem with the switch going forward and then we got some uh, some sales numbers for the software released over the last quarter we got Nintendo switch sports sold 4.84 million units I predicted that would be a 10 million seller so it's got to do some heavy lifting this holiday to reach that point. Wow. Uh, Get ready for the Black Friday bundle, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mario Strikers Battle League sells 1.91 million units. Uh, And then Kirby and the Forgotten Land sells 1.88 million units. And Mario Kart 8 sells 1.48 million units during this same window. And man, I know that we are. Wait, are those Kirby sales since it's launched? No. Yep. Not not for Uh, Not not Mario Kart. Not counting its first. The Kirby sales were not counting its first weekend, or is it? Oh right, Kirby because overall that been... has sold. Kirby overall has sold four point five million. Yeah. Units. Oh okay. Because okay. Kirby would have been in March. Quarter. Yeah. End of the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. So four and a half million for Kirby and the Forgotten Land is outstanding for that franchise. Those are really really good numbers for a Kirby game. Yeah. It doesn't make the Metroid sales numbers look as bad. 
No, but you know what? That's what sucks, right? Is that everyone looks at Kirby and wow, Kirby did such a good job. And then Metroid, everyone's like, oh man, franchise is dead. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I think honestly, a big part of it is people like 3D games and Kirby in 3D, I think was just a big selling point for a lot of people. I think Metroid Prime 4 will sell very well if that game ever actually does come out. I I don't think think that that game will ever come out. Really? No, I'm really? Kidding. I'm kidding. That game. Okay. Will, that game will come out. I just don't. Th- I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that good. That's, I think it'll sell. Sales wise or game wise? Game wise, I don't. I have Aww. very low expectations for that game. It's been through too much. <laughs> I don't know. Because like the Dread Duke Nukem so Forever it, of Nintendo. It gave me hope because I, I thoroughly enjoy Dreads. So now I'm like Metro Prime Four can't suck. There's no. Way. But Retro Studios is so good. I, They're so good. They are. That's true. I mean, they did they did stop development and get them. Yeah, we have not seen anything. Well, we haven't seen anything at all, but we don't know at all what it looks like. It's way too early to, to pass judgment here's, on Metroid. Before we move on, here's the question. What are what's a what are better odds that Metroid Prime 4 launches on Switch as well as the next Switch, like the, mm-hmm. the next Nintendo console day and date or Breath of the Wild 2 does that? Metroid, hands down Metroid. Yeah. Really? Yep. Absolutely. You put Metroid Absolutely. on the new uh, Nintendo console over Breath of the Wild? They as did like it the, last fall. As the launch they game? They literally did it last fall. Switch OLED was the same day as Metroid Dread. So they've literally shown them do it before. Hmm. Yeah. I'll take I it. I think no chance. I don't th- I think that the gap between how close we are to Zelda and how close we are to the next Switch is too far that unless I'm being naive and Zelda's going to get pushed another year, which could very well happen. I don't see that happen. Well, it's also... I think also, Zelda makes it in the spring. Okay. I was going to say, because it's also if Zelda... If they hold Zelda for the next hardware launch. I think Zelda makes it in the spring. And I think that Switch 2 launches spring 2024. Alongside mm. Metroid Prime 4. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it, honestly. Me neither. Let me put it like this. Happy. Ubisoft said that. that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still happening. And if that could be true, then the same can be true for Metroid Prime 4. I believe one of these statements. I do not believe the other. <laughs> I absolutely believe in Metroid Prime 4. I think if in the fall direct this... Okay, so say they had never accidentally announced Metroid Prime 4 in 2017. And then quietly accident? behind the scenes, this game got canceled at its initial developer, handed off to Retro, and then this September, we see a trailer for it and it's like Retro Studios is making Metroid Prime 4. You, Chris, having no idea of the developmental hell this has gone through, would be excited and think it was going to be good. You're, yeah, you're not wrong. But I do know the developmental hell that it's been through. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. No, I know. It doesn't matter. I if know. I cook dinner and then it's un- inedible and I have to throw it in the garbage and then you <laughs> cook dinner, there's no reason to believe your dinner is going to be bad. You fair, know a game went through developmental hell? Twilight Princess, just saying. That game's great. Yeah. Okay. Switch financial results slash a little bit of <laughs> Metroid Prime Force for you here in the boardroom. Uh, let's move on, though. I mentioned Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak Amiibo appear to be coming to the West after all. So these are coming from reports over at Amiibo News, which is where I got my start in game journalism. P.S. Nintendo. Thank Wire you. Slash oh, News. thank you, Andrew Wolf. <laughs> Isn't that him? Oh. Isn't that Andrew Wolf who runs mm-hmm. that? No? Nope. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking Amiibo Alerts. Never mind. Amiibo Alerts, that, that was our biggest uh, competitor. Yeah, that's Andrew. Jason, Amiibo Jason. 
Jason Ganos is who runs mm. Amiibo News. He was my boss at Nintendo Wire. Anyways, uh, this is from some of his sources saying, the internal system at GameStop shows dates of September 9th and August 26th for the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. This was before the Sunbreak stream earlier this week. Uh, they thought it might show up there. They didn't announce a release date for the Amiibo there, but there was a new Sunbreak trailer that's specifically cut for North America that had the little flashcard at the end of the Amiibo. So they're still coming at some point. Uh, we don't know exactly when, but yeah, they were still in the official presentation and reports are saying that they're coming to GameStop sometime within the next month. So good news there. Good news for all like me who were worried about importing. They're very expensive. Right Wouldn't now. they just drop it the same day as Splatoon at this point? Like, I what feel it, like they would. Wouldn't yeah. that make the most sense? Yeah, September 9th is turning into a huge day for Nintendo, for Nintendo hardware. Yeah. It is enormous. You've got the Switch OLED for Splatoon 3, the Pro Controller for Splatoon 3, Splatoon 3 itself, Steve and Alex, and potentially this trio of Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo. Not the Splatoon Amiibo, though, but there's a ton coming on September 9th uh, if you are a Nintendo fan who scoops up everything they release. You know what I'm wondering? Has, those, has Nintendo given up on the Switch Lite? Because I feel like they have. I think we'll see one for Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. I will yeah, be pissed. Uh, I will be pissed <laughs> if they make another Pokemon Switch Lite. I need a Pokemon OLED. If it's a Switch Lite, I will be pissed. You don't have to buy it, Odell. I'm the... I, not, I I'm not going to, but I'm just saying. Just I don't. Have I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. Okay, unless it looks ten out of ten gorgeous, I am not going to buy it. I'd rather get a, a ten out of ten amazing looking Pokemon OLED. Okay. I feel like that would make a lot more sense. Okay. Chris was here okay. for our Pokemon conversation. What did you think of the Pokemon Presents last week? What did I think of the Pokemon Presents? Yeah, yeah, you weren't here when Odell and I chatted about it on the show. Um, I mean, I pre, I pre, right? they they got my hundred and twenty dollars, right? <laughs> I pre-ordered both copies so Jess and I can play together. That's the uh, biggest thing. Jess and I can play together. Like before, it was, hey, honey, I'm gonna go play Pokemon. Are you gonna go play Pokemon? Okay, and then we would go into separate rooms for some reason, and then we would play Pokemon. <laughs> um. Now we can actually do it, you know, with each other, which is cool. Um, I am very interested to see how that works, if it works well. Um, I think a lot of the new Pokemon that they've shown are very cute. I like the new animations. I think the uh, having three story modes is very refreshing. I hope, uh, you know, because you can start on whatever branching path that you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have to do the eight uh, gym leaders and elite four and all that right out the gate. I think that's really cool. Um, I just hope it doesn't feel like fire emblem three houses or whatever. And I think it's going to, um, because that's why, because there's an academy, because there's an academy and, and three yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious about how this is going to work. I look at the three stories and I'm like, is it not just gym leader story, legendary story, evil team story? Because then you could say there's three stories in every, every Pokemon, Pokemon game, game. <laughs> right? They're just strewn yeah. throughout the same thread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Treasure hunt? I, I feel like I have to play it, right? Be part of the conversation. But, and I say this every iteration. I'm like, if I don't like it, this is the last one. <laughs> and every year, I, I've done it. Like, every Switch release. I hated Sword and Shield. I hated the Platinum Diamond remakes. I enjoyed Arceus, but... Uh, just like took that over and I wasn't about to buy a second copy. Uh, and then I never went back. Uh, 
Uh, I played all of Let's Go, but I was nostalgic for Let's Go. That game taught me how to read. Like, I, I played a lot of Pokemon Red when I was a kid. You only learned how to read in 2017? <laughs> Sorry, 2018? I, I don't have a good enough comeback for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sword and Shield got a lot of unwarranted hate. I'm not saying not no for me. Way. I just no, it, no, I didn't enjoy it. I, I like we asked at the platformers podcast. We asked the question, "Where's the fun?" I couldn't find it in that game. I, like I looked under rocks. I looked at big Pokemon. I looked at small Pokemon. I couldn't find <laughs> the fun. I will okay. I'll give you that. The toxic portion of the Pokemon fan base gave that game way too hard a time. I'll agree with that. But I think from an objective standpoint. Those games are like five and a half to six out of tens at best. See, this is what I always tell people. If you go back and remember a game called Sun and Moon, to me, that was like a five to six and a half out of ten. Also, didn't like that like, game. But <laughs> people, but people, excuse my language, yanked that, they yanked it off a good one. And I'm like, and then came back with like Sword and Shield. I'm like, no, Sun and Moon and, and to a lesser extent, Ultra Sun and Moon, I had big issues with. So, like, in like, my mind, I don't understand how people give that game a pass. You want to know the last Pokemon game I really enjoyed? And then we can, we don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole. Um, Black, and White, Black and White 2? I know. Great game. No, X and Y was, like, the last one that I was, I had, like, 175 hours in that game. Like, absolutely loved it. that game a hard time. Yeah. Um, haven't really fallen in love with one since. Just hasn't happened. And I don't care for it to happen again really and yet i'm gonna buy this stupid game i'm gonna play it again like i do every year <laughs> yeah okay well we'll have a lot more pokemon talk in the coming months we got to rank all the pokemon games leading up to scarlet <laughs> i thought you were saying rank all something. the pokemon <laughs> <laughs> oh, rank all 800 pokemon <laughs> leading up to scarlet but chris you want to talk to us about the analog pocket oh we have time oh i'm so we excited have, we do have time so i'll I'm not going to go too far into this. If you want a really in-depth discussion, I uh, advise that you check out this week's Platformers podcast because <laughs> Josh Mobley and I went on about this for like an hour and a half, and I thought Brian's eyes were going to roll out of his head. Um, <laughs> so for those that aren't aware, the Analog Pocket is a uh, FPGA-based handheld uh, developed by this company called Analog. They're basically uh, a group of developers that really, really love uh, retro game consoles, um, very high quality components, uh, very high quality uh, pieces of hardware that uh, you can use to play older games on. So the analog pocket, as it stands today, you can play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, Game Gear, and then they're adding expansions for Neo Geo, uh, the SG-1000, the Sega Master System, and I think Atari Lynx. Um, those are expansions that you can buy from their store. Now, what is the news, though? Because this has been a thing for a while now. They've uh, released the Open FPGA platform, which is basically an open source, um, I'll call it OS for, you know, normal-minded folk, um, that basically what they're doing is taking the hardware emulation software that they use, so, like, I'm going to play a Game Boy game. And they put that out on the Internet. You can then install that onto the Analog Pocket. And then you can put ROMs of Game Boy games on the Analog Pocket. And you can play games directly off of it without the need of a cartridge or anything like that. 
uh, before you needed to have the physical cartridge of whatever game it was that you were going to play or something like an EverDrive. Um, now you don't need to do that at all. So now I have the entire Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Neo Geo, well, not Neo Geo, SG-1000, all these other libraries just in this thing that I can wow. take with me wherever I go. Um, and it is as close to hardware emulation or as like playing on original hardware as you can get, but better because like the display is better. The button inputs are better. Um, you can dock it and play it on a TV with like a wireless controller, all that good stuff. Um, they are slowly, but surely, excuse me, releasing more cores for it. Um, so this week we got, uh, some of the Sega consoles, uh, people are clamoring myself included for Nintendo. I'm hoping they put Super Nintendo on this thing because it'll just be like the be all end all like portable retro emulation box. Um, and it's just this this little guy. That's it. Just this little man. Um, one cool little nugget of knowledge. If you have the Nintendo DS Rumble Pack that came with wow. uh, Metroid Prime Pinball back in the uh-huh. day, uh, you can use it for games that are not just Metroid Prime Pinball. So, like, Pokemon Pinball um, has force feedback. Star Wars Episode Run Racer on the Game Boy Color. It's another one ready to rumble, perfect dark. Um, Yeah, they will all still utilize that same rumble pack, which is cool. Um, Very cool. What have you been playing? What have you been playing on it? I've been playing... I actually started playing The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. I've never played it before. Oh, game is great. That's what I... Really? Yeah, it, like came out at a I was I think I was in high school maybe uh, middle school when it came out I thought it was too cool for it um and yeah it just like skated by never never got around to it um so I've been doing that and Mario Kart Super Circuit I've been getting into some of that um mainly I wanted to compare it to some of the new courses that we had okay um I have like a like that was like the first Game Boy Advance game that I had uh when I got Mm. one um so there's like a you know I'm I have a sweet spot for it, even though I know it's a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are a bad game. It's about Mario Kart. It's not a bad That's game. what I mean. It's a bad Mario. Like, yeah, but when you got Mario Kart eight, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Go play Mario Kart. 8. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Luigi's circuit with the lightning bolts. Rain. Yeah. You know, the dumbest thing about that game is there's the models. No, there's no character unlocks at all. And for years, yeah, what, it's just the eight from 64. Yeah. And everybody thought like, oh, man, you can get Waluigi if you do this. And I remember playing the hell out of this game thinking I can get Waluigi. It never happened. <laughs> 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 I got you. Now I want to ask you guys some last final thoughts here. What's the best 2D Zelda game? Chris. How dare you start with me? <laughs> oh, no. What's the best 2D Zelda game? I mean... We mean true 2D. We're not talking about like the 2.5D 3DS games or nothing like that, right? Those count. Those totally I would count, count those. Top so like, like Link Between Worlds, you'll, you'll count? Yes. Okay. If I'm being Which honest. Is the answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, it probably is a Link Between Worlds. But I say that to say that every almost every 2D Zelda is realistically just a retread of a link to the past. Come on. It 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 no every two okay, people yeah. said it by no, not every Zelda, but every 2D Zelda game, more or less, is basically just a better version of that game. But but if we're just speaking honestly, I mean it is the last and I mean it, it it's a link between worlds. 
if, if but if I if I want to be like that guy, it probably is a link to the past. I will hardcore push back that every game is just linked to the past. You got two stylus games in there. You got three multiplayer games in there. You have the original two games. Okay, wait, wait, no, no. You have no, Link's no, Awakening. Any, any, any of the four Link games, no. Four Link's Adventures, no. I actually played two Okay, so any 2D Zelda, every 2D except the ones that aren't like a link to the past, are like a link to the past. That is a true statement. <laughs> Chris, what's the best 2D Zelda? 3D.game I, I think those heroes. games were bad. 3D dot game here. No, I'm kidding. Not a Zelda game. Not a Zelda game. Um, now I I would say uh, I really I really really like A Link Between Worlds. Um, that was one that like I started playing it and it was all I did for like the span of two days. Um, mm-hmm. Did not die the entire playthrough. I was very impressed with myself. Really? Um, but in that same breath, that game is too easy. Like I yeah. think that's my biggest problem with it. Um, I like Link to the Past. I've played it so many times. It's exhausting. Um. Yeah, I would probably say Lake Between Worlds. Lake Between I Worlds. I will say my favorite two D Zelda is Oracle of Season Still. Like it's not the best, but it's still my favorite. I've still not played those because I'm holding out for a remake at this point. I, they're my only only Zelda hole that I've not played is those two games. Zero. If you get one that, of these, it's great on this. Both of those games are. I'll consider it. Yeah, my two fr- the two three DS. So when I get the analog good. pocket for my birthday, which is August twenty third, looking at you two guys, that's this <laughs> month. <laughs> I'm buying you Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> <laughs> the, my, my top two games I want to play is Oracle of Seasons and Pokemon Crystal. Okay, nice. Crystal's a good one. All right. We've ran a little long, so we're going to wrap up here. That's it for the Toadstool Boardroom Weekly. Nintendo Podcast releasing noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays, each and every Thursday. This is our 10th episode. You can go and check out our back catalog on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. Email us. I'd love to answer listener questions, but I can only do that if you send them to us. ToadstoolBoardroom at gmail.com. You can find Chris on Twitter at... Shrives93. You can find Odell at... Odell Hartman Jr. And you can find me at Logan J. Plant. Thank you so much for listening to this week in the Toadstool Boardroom. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye!